Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts and I believe that we all have a purpose and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Okay, so welcome to another episode of People with Purpose. Uh, today, I'm very, very pleased to be welcoming uh, Max Witcher, who runs uh, Spin Brands, which is a social media agency uh, dedicated to live to to do. Oh, hang on a second. Easy for me to say. Dedicated to delivering scale through social. I think I got that right. Uh, so spin, spin Brands works with um, hundreds of brands, um, including uh, Tango, Funky Pigeon, Google, and New Heat, uh, and uh, you know help with strategy, creative, uh, organic growth, uh, ambassador reach, and paid advertising. And are doing um, great things for our profile at New Heat. So thanks very much for that, Max. Um, and beyond the agency, Max is also an angel investor um, and uh, has invested in a number of businesses uh, such as uh, Buttermilk Skincare and Cool Cold Brew. So there you are. Hello, Max. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey. welcome. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's no, a very good intro. Delivering scale in social. Yeah, um, or through social is yeah, it's, it's a bit of a tongue twister. I didn't really realise that, but well, no, it. the delivering scale through social bit's good. It's dedicated to delivering ah. scale, so I perhaps overcomplicated it. You added an extra D. Yeah, you go. See, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll look out for that in future. But uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on. So where where are you today? Today I'm in Waterloo at our offices. I'm actually in a, um, <laughs> a corner of the office in a phone booth because I thought it'd be nice um, and important to keep this quiet without too much interruption it's pretty mm. chaotic sometimes yeah yeah uh, and yeah. Have, have you got lots of people in the office at the moment yeah i would say we've got a really good uptake actually we're probably like a minimum of 50 percent in each day but um broadly like we're a really young team so i think a, a big part of work is the is the thing around work which is social yeah um and not just social media but like the socializing side of what we do um so yeah everyone's pretty keen to get back in asap so cool yeah good excellent so yeah so humanity and social media <laughs> yeah. so, it's so important isn't it 100 percent, exactly and even just the energy i feel like any days i work from home are sometimes quite useful I, I strategically take days to do like morning of calls or you know some deep focus work and and i just really miss the motivation you know the energy of the tangible thing that we are creating mm. um it's not the same as looking at a load of people on a spreadsheet or in a slack channel or an email it's actually going in and interacting face to face is great so yeah 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 definitely yeah no i agree i agree i've actually been ejected from my office at new heat because <laughs> uh because we've got we've got teams coming in and we're keeping things a bit more spaced out just nice. to make people feel comfortable ease them back in and there's a bit of flexible working and all that sort of stuff as well but yeah. uh but that means i've taken one for the team so we've we got a team we've got a, t we've got a small team in, in, in it's not like i've got this massive kind of you know uh what, what, what do you call it presidential office it's not quite yeah, like that but um, yeah exactly yeah no it's not quite like that it's, it's a room but uh but you know there's, there's a there's a team in there who uh nice. and it's much more important they're there together really than, than i'm in and i can pop in and out and you know go in for meetings and project discussions and to catch up with people so uh but yeah it's keep keeping that connections so important isn't it yeah i mean fair play taking off the team there um yeah i completely agree just even having the odd conversation just makes such a difference and yeah 
the face-to-face interaction especially at maybe at your level where you're like you know there's a level of authority but also like you're, you're there to sort of steer the ship on culture um and yeah attitude is key yeah yeah exactly yeah make sure you're not um trying to role model remotely too much yeah Exactly. So even though we're all quite good at that now, probably. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so, 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 what are you working on at the minute? So right now, um, um, lots of things. Um, <laughs> my two, my two main things, I suppose, personally, are obviously spin brands, as you introduced earlier. It's, it's sort of a pure play social agency. That's my like Monday to Friday, nine to nine to five, as such. Um, and then I'm also working. I'm involved primarily as sort of an active investor in two other businesses um both of which are running brands um one of them is called janji which is a big um boston-based uh, sustainable run brand which we've just got distribution rights for in the europe and then the other one is um a startup which is yeah starting from the very other end of the scale which is um really interesting and we're working with that with one of our ex-employees and um, building and growing that um and then yeah, I suppose client-wise, projects-wise, like it's changing all the time. But um, yeah, as you sort of man- mentioned, we work with Britvic Group, which obviously own Tango, 7up, Aqualibra, Purdy's, lots of cool drinks brands. Bowl Foods is, an, is, is a good one for us at the moment. It's um, plant-based, sort of ready-to-go food, soups, um, pasta pots and stuff like that. And yeah, they're really throwing um, a lot of energy at social and specifically on TikTok, which is taking over um my bandwidth at the moment which is which is exciting too yeah that's where all the uh, virality is apparently is that correct correct yeah that's it so i'm on tiktok and uh, i i'm not i'm not doing i'm not doing any don't laugh i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not doing lives yet but i'm gonna start doing lives i've got this i've got two daughters one's 18 and one's 16 and right. uh, and the 16 year old is absolutely horrified at the thought that i might start doing lives on tiktok because uh because there are some there are some you know pretty big followings for sort of you know middle-aged people like me on tiktok who are who are using the short format to to try and you know convey messages and get reach and and all that good stuff so uh, i don't yeah. see why i should be uh, barred from it just because uh, evie says i'm not allowed exactly yeah you, you tell them mm. um I, some of my favorite people to follow on tiktok are like genuinely accountants and like talking about like you know I mean, personally, for me, it's it's not so boring. But for lots of people, it probably is boring about like tax efficiencies and yeah. um, how you can be smart with savings. So yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very diverse. Yeah, yeah. I also quite like. Uh, is it Mark Tilbury? Yeah. Have you seen him? I mean, it, it, it's really it's really interesting because he is you know an, an older geezer, even older than me. Uh, but um, but but the way he's kind of engaging with different kinds of well, the whole the whole way that TikTok works, and it's a bit more of a sort of a cartoon type approach, and what you would yeah. expect to be quite a stiff, middle aged, you know, shirt shirt and tie type person, kind of stepping out of that persona and 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 doing something to actually help younger people to learn yeah. to get that financial education that they don't really get in school. 100% yeah I think it's great even lawyers I've seen like popping up now with like tips and tricks and it's like the modern day like Google that comes at you rather than you search for things yeah yeah exactly exactly now good okay so um that's what you're doing now where did your story start and how did you get from there to here <laughs> I never really know where to start with this but I'll start at school because I think it's good sort of um 
lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, so sh- long story short is that I wasn't super academic at school. I was very practical and active. I was big into cycling. And I started working at my local cycle shop when I was about 16. Um, ended up um, sort of getting more and more involved throughout school, probably to my parents' dismay, um, more focused in on work than I was definitely going to lessons and exams. Um, but I obviously learned a huge amount through that journey and obviously started off as a Saturday boy and ended up working my way through managing the business. And then to um, an interesting conversation at the age of 19, um, where my boss at the time decided to they wanted to retire or set and sell the business. And I was like, great, well, I'm probably losing my job. So I'll start interviewing for other places. Um, but the conversation sort of accelerated into him really wanting it to go to the right person and me sort of being very integral in the business over the last sort of like four or five years. Um, and at that point, um, he asked if I could buy it and I was like well obviously not um but I would love that's a big pipe dream for me and um I didn't have the uh financial backing available to make an acquisition like that obviously as most 19 year olds um but he, he did offer me a unique opportunity to basically buy the business off him on a private loan and I think this is like my gateway into business little did I know at the time owning a business is very different to managing a business um but essentially, I, I sort of built and grew the business over four or five years. Um, I had a team of people that I inherited, which were, were my colleagues at the time, um, which was a challenge, which I can touch on a bit later. But um, it wasn't a massive team, but it was about five or six people and a very broad age range of anyone from, I think we had someone working that was 54, 30, 27, 19, 16. So, you know, it was... Um, an interesting scenario to be going in at 19 at that level to then manage those people or and then build the business but I did that sort of loved it really threw a lot into it despite the sort of roller coaster journey of business as it is as you know well um but so I built and grew it over four or five years paid off the loan started getting itchy feet um knew my options for growth were either geographical or online um both of which had sort of their pros and cons Geographical, as you could imagine, didn't really feel like the right thing to do. High streets were struggling, rents and rates were increasing, things like that. Um, and online was my big competitive advantage of, by virtue of being the age I was, I suppose. Um, natively grew up with um, computers um, and now, um, and then obviously digitalized the business massively when I, when I bought the business or got involved in the business. And um, that felt like a big opportunity, but um, not sure how well you know the cycling industry, but there was a couple of big players at the time who were, you know, like private equity backed, who were throwing a lot of money at um, online and making it very, very competitive and hard for me to sort of get involved um, just by, you know, um, crushing margins on their side, but maximizing volume and obviously harder for me to get involved without any sort of like large capital investment, which didn't really feel like the right thing to do. So I was sort of, um, went through sort of a reflective stage while I was in the shop, but sort of with the itchy feet. And I started consulting to a couple of brands that I stocked in the shop um, very organically. Yeah, mainly I, I say this as a, it was a selfish act really because um, the brands that I stocked had limited awareness and I wanted to increase their awareness. So I would sell more of their product. Um, so I offered to support them on online social. And this is when people didn't have 
businesses didn't even have social media accounts. So I was creating the accounts for people and then I was managing them. And then I was creating content to put out on them. And then, and then eventually working with paid advertising on the social accounts to sort of drive like relevant targeted traffic and um, either to my store or to their online shops. Um, and that's kind of where I met my now business partner, Alex. Um, he um, was introduced to me through a friend of a friend. He had just left um, one of the big agencies. He was, he was working for Essence, big um, agency in London who look after accounts like Google, YouTube, FT, eBay, things like that. So worked at the large scale. He sort of did the business international studies, marketing at university, went into the grad scheme, had lots of fun, but um, I suppose started to feel like a bit of a cog. They were growing very quickly. I think he... Um, left when there were 250 plus people and um yeah he knew he had that entrepreneurial spark and he wanted to give something a go so he started his own bike brand unbeknown to me at the time he was um essentially doing what i was but for b2b and i was doing it b2c so we were both very active on social and digital sort of building our um respective sort of awarenesses um and we got talking um i stocked some of his bikes we were probably two of the youngest people in the cycling industry at the time um so naturally there was good alignment synergy between where we felt that things were going the uh, cycling industry is relatively cool. people are often stuck in their own ways quite reactive and not very proactive we obviously came in with this new energy i think the olympics were coming through where my store was in dorking and surrey back in 2012 um and that sort of just fueled my fire to be proactive and then and use social as that sort of way of spearheading my growth but little did i know it wasn't actually going to be for the cycle business's growth it was actually going to be for the um <laughs> marketing business that is yet to um have been created um through off the back of us consulting essentially um, um and while we eventually dedicated one day a week to it um spent one day a week consulting we had loads of fun we really enjoyed it i got alex involved because i I was a slightly more like self-taught scrappy entrepreneur and he was a uh, slightly more like um polished in his approach let's say um having worked at that larger agency so we collaborated a bit on consulting that obviously spiraled into one day a week two days a week um seven days a week and eventually merging our cycling businesses i had a warehouse and a team and we hired a managing director in to run the businesses and we decided um to basically double down our energy on what was the consulting consulting at the time, but soon to turn into what is now Spin Brands, the agency, um, which is now about 40 plus people. Um, we've been going for about six years, um, based in London, and look after about 60 different brands across 20 different countries, um, primarily in like that scaling phase of, of growth. So established business um model revenue know where they're going they just want to accelerate that growth sometimes that's partnered with um big rounds of investment or private equity getting involved sometimes that's partnered with just the hunger for internationalization and tapping into new markets um and that's kind of my story sorry i rambled is that okay it was good it was good quite a bit to dig into there so so first firstly when did you start doing your little bit of uh you know tentacles into online when was that um well tentacles into online probably at the at the time of buying the cycle business so back in 2012 okay um 
yeah, that was my first, I, I was obviously an active user, but never commercially really getting involved. And yeah, nearly a decade ago now. Yeah. Um, and then doing it, doing it for myself and then obviously eventually for other people. Cause that's, um, that's what's fascinating is that it's 10 years ago, which is a long time, yeah. but by the same token, it's only 10 years ago. And yeah. I, I do remember, I remember working for, uh, for, for, you know, PLCs, uh, around that sort of time, uh, you know, facing the, the public. And actually, the whole debate about whether you go on social or whether you don't, is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? That whole discussion, which is kind of just like a, well, why would you have that conversation? You've got to yeah. engage now. But yeah, completely different vibe with the whole thing. And only 10 years later. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It seems like, I actually remember my mum saying to me, are you sure this is a sensible decision? Because um I don't, I'm not sure that many brands that I follow are on social media and I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think <laughs> they're going to be. Mm. Um, and I remember the penny drop moment where I, it's a really random reference, but I opened a um, box of Yorkshire tea, um, tea bags and on the underfold, it had social icons. And I thought that that was such a prime like space in, on my packaging in which they could say a really impactful message and, they were sort of really, yeah, back in the horse of social. And I thought, now's the time to double down. <laughs> Fair play. There's a signal. It's a sign. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. And then the other thing that, uh, one of the other things that you said that was, that was interesting was about your your business partner. Mm. So potentially, I guess, you could have almost gone into competition in a way if you were kind of doing the yeah. same sort of thing in different ways, but uh, but but you didn't. So what was it about, what is it about your partnership that that works? Um, I think loads of, of things. And uh, I suppose the first one is like where our North Star is. I think we're both like very ambitious people and and see the world through similar lens, if that makes sense. Um, we have a similar sort of attitude to lots of things, which really helps like the deep cultural alignment. Um, but I think the secondary sort of like really unique bit that's allowed us to sustain and grow the business together well is... Um, we know our we know our lane you know like we know what we're really good at and we're both quite good at different things so we're going to the going we're heading in the same direction we're we're focusing on the same north star but he might come at it from a slightly more like process orientated angle and i might come at it from a slightly more like um <laughs> not sure how to describe myself um you know like scrappy physical conversational um but like we still we still have that same hunger essentially mm um yeah i mean in order to scale you have to be able to systemize don't you exactly yeah so is that why you, you're partnered with him then uh, yeah yes uh, it, definitely, <laughs> it, it definitely helped us get off the ground i think i think i would have definitely been a lot more um slow moving to get off the ground and i and i remember we had a conversation with an advisor or someone early on and they said you know it's you should start building your business as though you're going to franchise it so set up these standard operating procedures systems and processes and and that's something that we've just always done and that's 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 probably been sort of yeah one of our biggest weapons in the armory that we take for granted i think a lot of the time that a lot of businesses don't consider yeah i mean there's the uh the e-myth 
revisited. Have you read that? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. Um, I mean, I've, I've not read it. I listened to it on Audible, yeah. and, and you, you get you get into the voice after a while, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but and, and the funny musical interludes. But it's definitely for any for anybody who's starting a business, it's definitely well worth well worth reading to or listening that because because it's it's all the stuff that you kind of forget about that's so essential because you're actually you know you're actually creating a business you're not just selling the thing you want to sell or inventing the thing you want to invent you are starting a business yeah yeah it's 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 super interesting the whole journey and also looking back at things that you didn't think were important and you look back and think bloody i wish i'm so glad i did that you know Mm. um but yeah and where did the um, investing part come into your life then? How did that come about? That came in accidentally a lot earlier on than in yeah we ever intended. I suppose in my mind, I always really um, looked up to people that invested in businesses. So I always sort of like my pipe dream is that one day, you know, when I've retired, I'll, I'll be that person that can get involved um, both financially and emotionally and sort of advisory roles. So by creating the future version of myself in my head, um, I sort of started slipping into those shoes. The earliest was um, accidentally through business development for spin brands um, because we really wanted to sort of like start having conversations with businesses that basically had um, a disposable income for marketing and advertising. Um, And then we were signed up as active investors on the likes of Crowdcube, Cedars, Kickstarter. And we found that like, it was a bit of a no brainer, but you could sign up as an investor and reach out to all of the businesses raising, um, some of which were, had already passed their, their sort of um, target. So it guaranteed that, that income. Um, so they were freshly sort of like um, oiled with, with money to invest. Um, and also it was that time where you could, you reach out to um, a founder or CEO through a platform like that. Um, they're probably at their most responsive they're ever going to be on their emails um, during this period because it means a lot to their business success. And you reach out and you sort of show interest. And, and then you also say, also, we have this agency and I think it could be really interesting to have a conversation. Um, the, the psychological element is plants a seed in their head that... Um, sounds great um it gives them a chance to maybe look at the website and then also there's a if they keep us sweet we might obviously invest so uh, it sounds quite cheeky now but um yeah looking back that was probably how it started we got involved on and sometimes it was sweat equity sometimes we would put a small amount in as sort of like our way of um skinning the game and getting involved in the business and um, but realistically, we didn't really put any large amounts of money in until probably the last three or four years where, um, yeah, we've been at a good enough scale to actually invest strategically in businesses that either we see huge success in and we, we have that unique insight, I suppose, across so many different brands, across lots of different territories. We can spoken to lots of founders now and it does allow you to sort of get a better read on the situation. Mm. Obviously, it's not perfect but it yeah started off really back back early on in a very sort of like business development strategy as opposed to investing for investing sake um but yeah it's a good tip though it's a good tip because you're right if you can find uh well you know it's about also 
picking the right the right ones to back and i won't ask you about about your success in that area uh, although i'm sure it's probably probably not going too badly but um uh, but uh, but i wouldn't want to open any sores just yet but um but it is a risky time to invest in a business at that stage because you know the likes of cedars and crowdsourcing you know i suppose there is a investment gap at that stage because you know vcs and all that it takes a special kind of outfit yeah. to, to want to take that kind of risk i guess yeah, 100%. And I suppose what's quite the beauty around these sort of like publicly sourced um, platforms is that you've got quite a lot of visibility. So you can see where they are on their investment journey. So they might have been, they might have raised 90% of their target. Um, so if you get in at that later stage, you know that it's likely that they will obviously succeed and therefore keep moving. Um, but for us, it really was de-risked in the fact that our goal, our primary goal was not to invest. It was actually to get them to sign up as a client. Yeah. Um, so assuming that our investment stake was smaller than what we were going to get as a return from a management fee, mm. it was kind of a no brainer. It was, it was our cost of acquisition. Yeah. yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Cool. Okay. So, um, social media, then there's the good, the bad and the ugly. How do you as spin brands tread that line? Carefully. Um, it, well, I say carefully, but in a way you have to be quite bullish sometimes with your opinions to, um, with, you know, like with being looked up to by a lot of brands at the moment, I suppose, treading the line broadly for us, it was always, we're business people, we're entrepreneurs. I think commercial was like the number one priority is, is how we tread the line. So like, is it, is this a commercial decision and does it make the sense for us or the business that was, we're in, we're in conversation with or, or in business with, um, I suppose we're, we're some we're, we're fortunate that we we're at this point in our business journey where we're like probably one of the largest independent agencies um so we have this like bird's eye view on the situation and we allocate quite a lot of resource into like innovation and emerging platforms ourselves so we do a lot of testing um without sort of like um palming off an answer to the question is that we're really lucky that social is data rich and i would say we are very data driven in a lot of our decisions it's quite easy to be knee-jerk subject subjective and emotional because we're getting lots of different content flying around from different areas but um test optimize adjust um boring answer but yeah that's probably how we um, tread the line it's also about staying awake isn't it because uh, exactly. all the different uh platforms are now vying for your for your for your dollar aren't they so uh so yeah. all the all the monetization uh, that's that's now in all these platforms and all that sort of stuff is such a, and then what's going on with the algorithm you know you got you got you got to be awake 24 7 i thought Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, like that was hard in the early days and we were, you know, working insane hours just to sort of keep our finger on the pulse, be working on business development, be working on managing the businesses that we were developing. Um, and then also like doing the reporting and business management, you know, the PL stuff that comes with growing a business. So, but now we're, yeah, we're really fortunate that obviously we're, we've got so many eyes over everything all the time and, and we hire through attitude and passion and, and luckily, when your job is your passion, it leaks out. It leaks over those eight hours that you're allocated to work in an office or or from home. Um, so people's eyes are always open and thinking, which 
is our competitive advantage, definitely. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, that takes us quite neatly into purpose, actually. So, uh, so, 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 what do you see as the purpose of your life then? <laughs> um, it sounds a bit soppy, but genuinely, like I, I thought about this, and quite recently, I have a life coach who helps with a lot of this because I don't think it's easy. Um, firstly, I think it's genuinely make my parents and my family proud. I don't know why it's just always felt like whatever I do, I sort of, I actually have noticed myself thinking back like that. And it, I was obviously blind to it um, when I was younger and I'm more self-aware that actually that's probably a deeper reason than I give credit to. Um, I suppose the second side is um, really like creating a legacy, um, maximizing my impact. I'm, naturally a very optimistic person and therefore I see lots of opportunities um, and I find it incredibly humbling when you look outside of our echo chamber and the world and the state in which it's in and how statistically we've got such a competitive advantage and we should really be maximizing like every hour we spend on creating an impact to the world in a positive way um, but then that sort of mixes in with um i can't help but think back then this isn't necessarily a purpose thing but i think it's more about what fuels my fire and um probably proving people wrong a bit at the time as well in a good way a positive way like normally negative people i want to prove them wrong with my optimism and and be output focused and that probably comes from a bit of my academia chip on chip on my shoulder um, being told that you're never going to succeed because you don't have a, you know, be in maths or whatever it is. Or, um, so like, I think that's a good motivator. Mm. Um, stepping outside of my comfort zone. Um, they're less purpose or I think really creating, I think as if I leave this world in a better place or I've done as much as I can, to make this whatever I do a better place than you know how I came into it <laughs> if that makes sense yeah that's that's me doing that's my mission you know like leave this world in a better place than it was when you arrived um, or do your best to do so and that it's probably through spin is just empowering lots of people around me young people specifically that um you know it's not the easiest and I think being motivated by relatable people leading with progressive leadership around vulnerability and empathy i think is is yeah it's really important now yeah yeah that's 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 brilliant i mean i think it's interesting to kind of drill into kind of where the where the source of purpose comes from yeah uh, there there is a school of thought that says uh if, if there isn't a bit of pain there perhaps the energy doesn't doesn't pull through or, or, or the the sharpness of the pain uh, there's a relationship between that and the sharpness of the focus on fulfilling a purpose do you think there's anything of that in your story yeah i think um if you take away a lot of like you know the um nice vocabulary i think at the beginning of my life um as a child like there's a lot of conflict in my home my family argued a lot about financial instability so I think one of my biggest motivators is is making sure I get out of that. And I think that was that was the pain that has motivated and energized me initially to 
um, be money motivated, really. Um, as bad as that sounds now, I think it's that opened the doors of the world of commercials and sort of if you don't have it going, you've got that choice whether to moan about it or go and get it. And I think that really motivated me. I just didn't really have a choice. I had to, if I wanted a different life, I would have had to go and create that as um, hopefully that doesn't come across in the wrong way to my parents. I think they're amazing, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting because um, cause I've, in a couple of the previous episodes, of this podcast, I've talked a bit about my upbringing and, uh, and yeah, we didn't have lo- loads of money. We never wanted for anything, but we didn't have loads yeah. of money. So how, how do you put that across in the right way without upsetting your mum yeah. and dad? You know, it's tricky, isn't it? But um, I just thought the best thing to do is just to let them know <laughs> that I'd spoken about them. And then, and then uh, yeah, because they were, they were also, also, it's really interesting because some things uh, that, 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 that I, I thought, that my parents did, that I thought were brilliant, actually, because they might have seemed a little bit, uh, challenging at the time, but they were actually uh, the sort of thing that kind of got me on my feet and on my own two feet and said, right, I'm going to, I need to do this. And no, no one, no one gets the kind of, um, you know, the, the parenting almanac, do they, you know, do, so, so baby doesn't pop out of womb with handbook, you know, so, um, so yeah, so it is, it is a case of, well, you know, that's, that's just part of the, that's just part of yeah. the, the circle of life. And you have that experience, and if that experience, you know, there's the nature bit and the nurture bit, and those two things come together, and then you know, there's Max, and uh, and 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 look look at what Max is doing now, you know, and it's just a case of our experience is all completely unique. We're all unique, and we've all got a unique yeah. ability to bring. And so, yeah, can I again come back to something else that you said? If you've got something to bring to the world, my view is it's your obligation to bring it. Yeah. And so when you talk about comfort zone, I uh, I, I remember doing my well, I say I remember it. It's about two weeks ago. I did the I did I did the, my the first Facebook live. Nice. So I'd done some DJing live on Facebook, but oh, cool. but yeah, the call the copyright thing. They kind of you know so they say yeah, so I didn't bother doing that anymore. But I did a Facebook live to promote this. And I literally remember with my finger hovering over the go button and almost like a bead of sweat dripping off the finger because yeah. you know it's, it's bonkers but you're, you're going to talk yeah. like and, and and it's that stretching your comfort zone yeah 100% and I did a little one today and um, you know I didn't didn't my finger wasn't at all sweaty when I pressed go so yeah. uh, so that's in two weeks so you have a go you learn you kick on and and, uh, and, and, and you find out don't you the unknowns become knowns when you try yeah, I, I would actually say I'm almost addicted to pushing my comfort zone now because I remember when we first started spin and I had my first client meeting and I was absolutely bricking it. And I found it so scary. I was like almost sick to the stomach, you know, really didn't feel well and um, came out of it. I was like, oh, I wasn't actually that bad. Mm. And then I thought, I, I remember driving home and in my head I said to myself, if I can make myself feel sick to my stomach, <laughs> this sounds a bit... Um, odd now that I'm saying it back, but <laughs> as much as possible until the age of 30, which I'm coming up to, nothing will phase me, hmm. you know? And, and I genuinely don't feel phased by m- much now. And I think that's because of my aggression of push, pushing my comfort zone, but also the, the feeling it gives you, it's like the runner's high, the endorphin release of like, or even the dopamine of achieving. Um, I think that's really interesting, but it, you don't, often I think you need to have that right character which again is the character building 
family nature nurture to reflect on it and be like actually that wasn't scary that was exciting and i started swapping those words around because they feel really similar yeah. like the physical feeling of being scared and being excited is are actually really similar yeah so if you if you use that different vocabulary to describe the way you feel i think that has a really positive way of sort of bringing to light as well but. yeah yeah no totally agree it, it a lot of it is an, in, an inside job we got a choice yeah. to make haven't we about how we react to these things whether it's a you know a, a really bad thing that happens or whether it's a really minor thing like, i mean I, I sort of talk about uh, I, think, I think i was going for um an interview and um i spilt i spilt a it was, or it was a customer meeting i spilt a cup of coffee on my shirt yeah, and I, 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 you just you can wander into an interview with coffee on your shirt, and uh, and yeah, that that doesn't feel very clever. But you've got a choice, haven't you? You can either go home, cancel the meeting, bin it off, or you can sort of you know make make utilize it. You know, it break. It's an icebreaker. There's my icebreaker. I've brought it with me. I've not had so much coffee as I'd like <laughs> normally this stuff by this time of day, but I have brought an icebreaker with me. So um, so yeah, so it's uh, it, it is it is one of those one of those. I think, um, yeah, yeah. We, we've all got a choice to make. 100%. So have you got a plan yeah, then? Have you got a plan? Um, I think yes, broadly, um, in lots of different levels. I think um, I do quite a lot of work with my life coach around like visualisation and like visualising where I want to be in, in X years. And I think that helps steer the ship. But something that I sort of always remember from my parents, actually, well, two things probably is like happiness will always win, you know, like genuinely as happiness is the goal. And it sounds really cliche to say it now, but I think it's important to remember because there's so many materialistic benchmarks and, and often we use financial benchmarks as a measure of success. Um and then the other one is like lessons and blessings, like everything in life is a lesson or a blessing. So just go through it like a bit of a pinball, ma pinball machine sometimes. Um, and keep moving forward. Momentum is key. Um, proper plan. I think as long as I'm creating an impact, building a legacy, creating opportunities and sharing positivity, um, I'm doing my job. And with that, I think, yeah, working on myself a lot of the time is, is, is important. I'm more and more um, curious and interested in like just developing emotional intelligence and self-awareness and, you know, even different types of leadership and um, meditating and, you know, all of the things that come with the happiness chemicals, really reflecting on and being the best version of me is, again, as cringe as that sounds. So no, I don't have a plan. <laughs> that, was a, that was a really long answer to say no. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. No, like, no, no. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so that, so again, quite quite a few interesting things that you've said there. Um, so it sounds like it sounds like you've got a longer term vision. Correct. Uh, but it sounds like your your business partner's perhaps a bit more likely to be more of a shorter term planner. Yeah, I mean, he's. It, it works really well. I think, yeah, I'm, I have this, yeah, I would describe it as like vision over plan. Hmm. Um, I definitely have a strong vision. Um, definitely we break down that vision into like goals hmm. and obstacles. And internally we have loads of um, systems around OKRs and KPIs for individuals and 
um, I basically know what I need to get to to release that goal. Um, so commercially, I would say there's a clear, there's a relatively clear business plan, and that's at the end of the day increasing in value. Um, basically, our goal is to increase business and value to a certain figure. Um, and no doubt when we get to that, we will stretch that and keep stretching it until we feel, feel like we need a change, which um, I think it's important to sort of caveat plans and a little bit with like enjoyment because I'm not to, not to say that like we've made it now and I can sort of put on my feet, but I definitely feel like we're in a really good place. We're, we're, we're galloping along and enjoy the gallop a bit. Like, I don't want this race to sort of finish anytime soon. Like I'm, yeah, I'm very energized in my day to day. And I think maybe um, just ensuring that that stays the same for as long as possible. That's quite exciting to me. Like the marathon versus sprint analogy, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Cause there is, there are different schools of thoughts on this and uh, there's an artist called Mr. Bingo. Do you know, do you know of Mr. Bingo? No, no, no. He's, 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 he's does, some, he won't come on this podcast. I don't do podcasts, but he sent me, he sent me a nice reply back. And sometimes he doesn't send nice. any reply whatsoever, but, uh, but he's, um, he's, 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 great and he does these youtube videos of like 39 things i've learned and all that sort of stuff and one of the things um that he says is i, I don't do plans i don't do plans uh and uh but but you know i i personally feel that i i need to have a plan so again i've got this longer term vision yeah. and i've thought about you know some of the things that you said about your 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 personal life you know developing your emotional intelligence and um you know, obviously health is important to you you've got your financial goals you've got your family uh in there you know you've got these different elements of your your life or if you like or the wheel of life or whatever which yeah. um which have all got a kind of a reference point for you and and, I, yeah. and i've got the same thing and i just happened to say to myself well you know this is the most important thing that i feel that i need to work on this quarter yeah and i try and make it sure it's only one or two things that i'm sort of really actively working on because i've tried for years to work on everything all at the same time and it's just it's just yeah too, too much you've got to get quality from it and and i think that's for me where i sort of stop enjoying it and it becomes a job as in the, the bad version of a job rather than something that yeah. i really can get passionate about yeah i definitely relate to that because we have um, internal KPIs and one of mine is no pressure but it's business revenue right and I've got these goals that I need to achieve each month to yeah, equate you know the end of end of the end of the year um, financial year goals so I think that's fine and I, I feel like there's, that's almost a byproduct of doing all of these other things around the outside and enjoyment and energy is a big part of that so mm -hmm. yes I don't I, I definitely am aware of it and but it but yeah, it's it's not as simple as just picking that box. There's lots of things that feed into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what sort of things um, distract you from your purpose? Um, it's a good question. What distracts me? Um, I'm I get distracted quite easily, so I'm tempted <laughs> to say it a lot. Um, okay, so what? so so maybe maybe position it a slightly different way then. So. When you get distracted, <laughs> how, 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 do you have a way of noticing that that's happened and 
and deciding whether or not to stay with the distraction because it's part of the journey or actually flick back to what you're supposed to be doing in the first place. Yeah, that's a good point. I get distracted a lot, but I would say I have a very strong inner critic that is aware of me being distracted a lot. Um, so I do get myself into like focus zones and I feel like if I haven't had a, a day, you know, if I come home from work and I feel like I've just been a bit scattered, I get quite like frustrated at myself and will sort of put myself in a corner with some music for concentration on and in, and really crack on with some deep focus, mm. um, focus work. So I would say like, um, I mean, music is probably my like byproduct to get there. I think it's really important. Noise cancelling headphones are, are a blessing as well for people that get distracted easily. Yeah. Um, almost being in this phone booth right now, as claustrophobic as it is, <laughs> um, there's no distractions. Yeah. Uh, it's me, you, my noise cancelling headphones, and I could put, you know, like a music for concentration on, which is works really well for me. Mm. Um, and I just get down. I think, and once I'm in that flow, I'm in the flow. And I think it's sometimes when I struggle to get in the flow, I just start with a very small part of that task. You know, mm. I said, well, let's open up a word document and write the title of, of the thing I'm going to write. And then once you op opened it, you're halfway there and then you keep going. And then it's just a domino effect, really. Mm. Yeah. That's how I find it. No, no, that's that's good. I actually discovered something only last week, which is you can uh, talk into a Word document. I didn't know that you could do that. Shut front door. Yeah, yeah, Windows key and H, and you enable speech recognition, and you can talk into a Word document. <laughs> now, that has just completely changed my life, because when you're hovering over a keyboard, it's yeah. like, well, what's the first word? Uh, what's the title? <laughs> and if you just start talking... So well, that's what that works for me anyway. Just start, just start talking. So, so yeah. So, so it is. It's a kind of you know, look at it from the other end of the telescope. Find another way. You know, do something different. Break the pattern. Um, yeah. You said about uh, meditating. You know, have that break. Set an intention. Make it for ten minutes only. Just whatever works for you. You got to try and find out. Me. Yeah, hundred percent. And and look, at the end of the day, it is a journey, isn't it? Like. Mm. You it's not the same for everyone. And I'm very conscious of that when I sort of find myself preaching these like quick hacks or, you know, life hacks that I've found out. Um, but you need to sort of go through that process yourself in a way, I think. Yeah. 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 Just know it's okay yeah. to look at it differently. Yeah, exactly. Cool. 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 So shall we go on to some quick fire questions then? Fire away. Okay then. So, um, what's your favorite album and why? <laughs> I actually really struggle with this one. And I'll tell you why very briefly is that, this is not a quick fire answer, sorry. It's a quick fire question. Not, um, I realised that as I was saying it. How stupid of me. Um, no, I would say like constantly evolving and diverse taste in music doesn't help answer this at all. But um, one album that always sticks in my mind is from when I was a kid and actually running the bike shop, I think, was um, White Stripes Elephant because of the, mainly because of Seven Nation Army, the song, and not even the song itself, but the beat behind the song. Yeah. And how it's just so, like, militant, and it just always energises and motivates me. If I'm ever feeling a bit sluggish, depressed, I turn that on and I'm a different man. So, Brilliant. that's my... Love it. Um, who's your favourite DJ? Oh, DJ. Oh, that's a hard one. Um... I like Annie Mac, big fan of Annie Mac. Um, but again, it varies because 
you know i find myself finding new dj sets from different djs every day and um and that's that's great so yeah yeah, yeah again a tough one yeah yeah animax great i've seen animax live a couple of times she's brilliant yeah i just love her personality as well i think that's a big part of it yeah yeah and what's good about her well plays half decent music and it, yeah. and, it, and it translates really well live as well as on the radio as well so she's a definitely yeah. a multimedia ledge fantastic all right cool what will be your perfect weekend oh god um definitely friends definitely family definitely adventure definitely lots of laughter um probably either like a highland escape or skiing in the alps you know where where you've got that good mix of like exercise sport adventure but also like yeah, skiing is probably a good way of describing that. Is that you've got the app prey, but you've also got the skiing. You know, mm. I need both, and I'm quite a high energy individual. And yeah, there's nothing better than going out and adventuring, feeling that adrenaline rush that I rarely feel in the office, and and then also catching up with friends and having a lot of lot of fun after. Yeah, brilliant. So uh, next question then: What makes you cry with laughter? <laughs> what makes me cry with laughter? Um, I was going to say just joking around really that's um there must be a really good answer to this but it sort of like escaped my head um i think just being a bit of an idiot mm. like i feel like life is so serious 90 percent of the time and i think it's really important to just let loose a bit and um i find a lot of my friends joke that i even run a business because i'm just such an idiot like when i'm out and about um but that's me and yeah, I think probably just being a bit of an idiot. Fair play. Well, you mentioned um, happiness earlier on. So, yeah, you know, there's that, there's that. Was it Udemonia and Hedonia? Maybe you being a bit of an idiot is the Hedonia thing kicking in prop, possibly. Ah, nice. Could Very be. smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah. Yeah, I know I know. a couple of really clever words. That's all, that's all it is. That's all you need. But yeah, yeah. But I'm quite similar from that point of view. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. I, nice. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Mike, you've been framed. I don't know why. Just make, I know uh, how bizarre yeah. is that you've been framed. Just people falling over. It doesn't have to be you've been framed. Yeah. It could be anything, and you know anything that involves, you know, epic fails or whatever it might be. As long as no one gets hurt. Uh, you're, I, I would say I relate on that. There's one. There's an Instagram account called Cook Slams with a K. Right. K O O K Slams, and it's just people stacking, surfing, and like. It's just so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely cracks me up. So. Excellent. We'll stick that in the show notes. We'll forget the highbrow uh, personal yeah, development reading that. literature and we'll <laughs> stick that in the show notes. That's brilliant. Yes. Cool. And um, is there any such thing as a stupid question? I was going to say yes, controversially, because <laughs> I mean, at least that's what I was taught or made to feel at school. And like, it, it did really bother me, but I actually, uh, I mean, like, can you Google it? obviously like it sounds really ignorant to say and i actually genuinely but seriously no not really like um i think it's really important to recognize that the quest for knowledge includes failure um and that just because someone might know less doesn't mean they shouldn't be curious or afraid to ask i like i can say it like with a with a sort of a light-hearted joke you, should, you could have googled that you know but the reality is it's like no, definitely not. I don't. I wouldn't ever want to create an intimidating environment where someone feels like they couldn't ask a stupid question. I think it's actually probably one of the key things in like 
business now specifically brilliant okay cool good 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 okay so um a couple of closing questions now then because i'm conscious of uh, conscious of time but, oh, yeah. um, but so um so uh, who inspires you the most and why um again sounds quite soppy but my family are a big part of i'm i feel like i'm a real family man and it's really important to me and i, I sort of mentioned at the beginning of the, that that's sort of my goal to make them proud and i would say like my mum and dad my mum's incredibly generous my dad's incredibly hardworking, and and my brother and sister my brother's just we get on like best mates which is really nice and my sister's created this amazing family with young kids that sort of jump and play and i think i think that's super inspiring to watch brilliant okay that's great doesn't get better than that i don't think yeah uh, what's the soppy. most important what's the most yeah sop is good i like sop i like a bit of soppy uh, what's the most important lesson you've learned um it's quite f- probably start small fail quick because I relate it to everything and it's even like just getting going. And I think that procrastination I'm really aware of as someone that gets distracted quite easily and just starting small, just like we sort of touched on earlier, like just writing the title, you know, getting old, it's really important, but also like on a more much broader sense in business, a lot of people sort of like fear that failure and fear even starting and getting things out into the world. And I think it's just so important just to smart start at an MVP, then have to get to the finished polished, concept just start and yeah adapt as you go okay then, and last question then uh, what advice would you give to someone who wants to find and follow their purpose interesting um that's a very good question i speak to lots of people uh, young people that are impatient and they really feel like they've got to race to the top and i think it's very hard to find a true purpose a, if you if you can't find something that you're really really passionate about, I think passion really ha- helps you get to that route. But just to also recognise that you're you're on like a again sounds really cliche and cringe, but like the destination, um, it's a long journey. Life, you know, it can be long, but and I appreciate the impatience around like getting going and the energy with that. But I think it's important to just sort of like maybe spend some time alone constantly we're sort of constantly bombarded with what we should and shouldn't do by our peers our parents our network our friends our family and i think just reflecting personally is it's quite hard to do and probably something that a lot of young people don't do um because they're so influenced by their <laughs> the influences around them um so yeah kind of that but yeah, find something you're deeply passionate in, I suppose. And then I'm no doubt that will lead to a very solid purpose. That's fantastic. Max, thanks ever so much for that. Uh, so um, before, before we let you go, uh, can you t- can you tell uh, people where they can find uh, find you online, follow your work, and, uh, and, and if they want to get in touch with you? Cool. Um, probably the best thing for work-wise is obviously Spin Brands, which is S-P-I-N. B-R-A-N-D-S dot com. Nice and easy, spin brands. And then personally, if anyone wants to reach out, ask any questions, have a chat, always happy to do so. LinkedIn is probably the best. As sad as that is, you know, you're getting old and integrated in work life when that's your main go-to source. So it's just Max Witcher on LinkedIn and my surname is W-H-I-C-H-E-R. 
Matt, it's been brilliant to talk to you and uh, congratulations on your on your journey so far and uh, and, and again thanks for your help as well with, with everything that you're doing for us at New Heat and uh, thanks for coming on the show people are going to get a lot out of this I know they are so that's brilliant thank you brilliant really enjoyed it thanks a lot for having me cheers thanks for listening to People With Purpose I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five star review uh, tell all your friends and if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose just get in touch all the details are in the show notes thanks bye <laughs>